Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of 5-Minute Major Radio. This is Dave here, along with my broadcast partner in crime, Matt Metro Giovanni. How's it going tonight, Matt? It's going, it's going, and it's going. Good. Uh, Matt, hope you had a nice Labor Day weekend, just like the rest of us did. Uh, all, all, the rest of our listeners, too. We've been about three weeks since our last pod. Oh, uh, yeah, I think holiday. so. But yeah. uh, hey, it's the dog days of summer, so no one really missed that much. Uh, things really haven't changed all too much, although uh, now as we are in September, hockey season, you can smell hockey seasons around the corner. Players are returning back to their respective NHL cities, um, and rookie camps are starting to pop up all over. Uh, I think some rookie camps are slated to start as soon as tomorrow, and then I know the Flyers start their rookie camp this Saturday down in Voorhees. So if any uh, Flyers fan wants to head on down to Voorhees Skate Zone, and check out some Flyers rookies training camp action. Uh, go to it. There's a couple notable players that will be there: uh, Mikhail Vo- Vorobiev, um, Joel Faraby, Morgan Frost, Isaac Ratcliffe, Matt Strom, um, Phil Myers, uh, Felix Sandstrom, and Kirill Ustamenko, uh, two of the goalies there. Uh, so it should be a good crowd for anyone who wants to step down to the Voorhees skate zone and watch some of that for real camp starts. And of course, a lot of the Flyers are in town having informal skates together on their self on their ice and obviously Voorhees is a you know free public place so if anyone has something to do during your nine to five work day anyone's going on to Voorhees to go watch some NHL pros just kind of shoot around and play some shinny there you go um but for tonight's slate uh Matt we are going to talk about you know we um, we've already talked to death to the listeners about Ivan Provorov and Travis Konechny of course but uh, there's still some noticeable the restricted free agent class uh, from this summer is still pretty much all without contracts. And we've got about a month till NHL regular season hockey. And there's a couple notable, notable unrestricted free agents as well. Uh, so we're going to touch base on all of those. But first off, we're going to start with a bit of uh, some spicy news and spicy quotes by uh, Chicago Blackhawks captain Jonathan Taves. As uh, most hockey fans know, or hardcore hockey fans know, um, we had a lockout a couple years ago. A new collective bargaining agreement, or CBA, was introduced and agreed on by the NHL and its owners and the players and the NHL Players Association. Well, now that CBA is due to either be renewed or reopened after next season, or I believe after this season. Correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. Uh, I believe it's after next season. Correct. So either this year or next season, it can be reopened. The NHL already said that they are not reopening the CBA. Uh, that news broke on September 1st, or a little bit before the 1st. So now the ball's in the NHLPA's court. They have, you know, up to two weeks to decide if they want to reopen the CBA or not. And so now since the NHL already said no, it wouldn't be a lockout that would happen. If the players are going to reopen the CBA, then what potentially could be happening would be a player strike. So then the players saying, hey, we're not, we don't agree to these terms anymore. We're not playing for them, so let's redo this. And me personally, as a fan, I'm tired of it. Play some goddamn hockey. Pardon my French. But to get to the quotes, Matt, and then we get to your action afterward, there's a pretty strikingly quote from Jonathan Taves. Uh, He said, All I see is that I've signed a contract, and to me, it's not exactly being honored. So I don't care what business you're in. To me, that's kind of ridiculous. Jonathan Taves, in his quote, uh, some, some backstory, is referring to escrow which is a league kind of tax that the league takes and collects. And in case if something were to happen, you know, the players get a chunk of that money back. 
Um, but for a while, it's taken out of their contract. And in the case of Jonathan Taves, um, he's making $10 million a year. And I think he really, because of escrow, only gets about $8 million. Uh, cry me a river, dude. Um, me personally, I would love to see $8 million. Don't think I ever will. But, um, yeah, so, Matt, your, your thoughts on the whole potential player strike slash and or lockout and the, the quote from Jonathan Taves? Um, well, I think it's a, it's a multifaceted issue on both sides. Uh, but I think the biggest, the biggest thing that should be taken into consideration is both sides don't want to have the other one viewed as being greedy. But, Very true. I mean, it's one of those things where this would be, if it were to be a player strike, regardless of if it was like the owners or whatever, this would be the second lockout in, I would think, what, five or six years? which Five years, and then before that, it was another five years when the last lockout happened. Yeah. So it seems like every like four to five years, there's either a lockout or a playage strikeage, and you don't see that in any of the other professional sports. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where the the NHL itself and then the, the NHLPA, the Players Association, they seem to not be able to learn from their mistakes, which is bad for us fans, obviously, because we want to see the players obviously get their due, the league, obviously, we want the, the league itself to thrive. But, I mean, it's at the end of the day, as much as sports should be sports, it's it's mainly a business. That's true. And sometimes the business can go sour between the two the two organizations, really, the two big organizations in the Players Association and the league itself. But, I mean, we just need – they need to get on it now as opposed to what they did, I believe, the last time it happened when there was the shortened season. They let it expire, but then obviously about halfway through the season they came to an agreement – but obviously that will expire uh, the next after this coming season, I believe, the 2020-2021 season. Mm-hmm. But like I said, just get on it now. So hopefully we don't have to deal with another one of those, uh, whether it's a league lockout or a player strike. Like Obviously the fans want to see the league keep growing, keep prospering, and just have – I mean everybody be happy both sides, whether it's the owners and Mm -hmm. the players. So uh, hopefully these comments by Taze maybe light a fire under everyone's butt and kind of get the negotiations for the the next CBA going. And then we can obviously get this upcoming season started without that kind of clouding the excitement of a new year with the – the the, lo- the the potential looming of the next season not happening or yeah, yeah. being cut short due to pretty much money, but I mean, uh, yeah, it's just I mean, one of those things where you gotta not nip it in the bud, but like I said, take care of it before it becomes a bigger issue than it has to be. For for sure, I completely agree. Like honestly, if, if they do decide to reopen it, get the issue solved before it expires. Yeah. Like, make sure both sides come to the negotiating table and get this thing done. Because right now, hockey is growing. It's been proven. Um, it's growing all over the world. Like, the KHL's in freaking China right now. You know, the NHL is trying to go out there. And with the momentum you've been gaining the past couple of years on the growth of hockey, 
the last thing this sport needs. It's already one of the least popular sports in North America because you're not going to top football and basketball in the United States of America in, in terms of sports popularity. Mm-hmm. And in some markets, even baseball. Uh, but they're having their own issues with fans right now. But it's just uh, like you can't – after you've made all this progress – if you want to keep on making progress, you can't afford to have these stoppages every five years. Eventually, it's going to make people say, enough, I'm going to follow another pro sports league. Um, and that kind of leads us also into our next segment and topic. Um, one of the big things regarding this current, you know, our restricted free agent class and maybe some of the unrestricted free agents is the fact that the salary cap is just too low. It's not high enough. Um, and it's leading to a problem where, you know, teams – are getting punished for you know for drafting and trading well, and now they're getting to a point now where we're seeing like with the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, they're in a hard situation right now with trying to sign one sign one of their franchise key players, um, and it's gonna be an issue now. And you see other pro sports leagues have a hard cap and a soft cap, and the NBA has that where you know they they do have a cap floor, and there's a there's like a luxury tax where if a team says you know what we're gonna go for it and we have the money, we will pay the luxury tax to get that higher that higher cap space. And that's something I really think the NHL, personally, I think needs to look into. Either abolish the... They can't abolish the cap altogether anymore, because then we'll go back to the old ways of how hockey was, where it'll be just, you know, we'll have the Eric Lindros-type-esque trades happening, and, you know, where it's $15 billion, three minor league players, and a new stadium going on the other side for one player. They'll be ridiculous like that again. But there needs to be some level of a salary cap, obviously, just because of how much the asinine money that's being brought in right now by this league. But maybe do something where you have a a cap four, and then you have one salary cap. And then for the teams who have rich markets and say, we're going to go for it, we're going to spend that extra money, well, here's your luxury tax, dude. Go ahead and pay it. If you want this this list of players, give us that money first. Um, I don't know if you want to chime in on any thoughts on what you might do to maybe fix the salary cap issue per se before we go into the list of restricted free agents and unrestricted free agents, Matt. But that's my thoughts. You know, I would make a luxury tax that makes another bracket level. Yeah, I mean, back to what I was saying before, I think it just all comes down to like both sides not being greedy because the um, I believe one of the, the issues surrounding the, the lockout last time it happened was – the the issue of uh basically front loaded contracts where mm-hmm. these players will be making um an unreal amount of money for so let's say someone gets like a seven year deal for the first five six seasons they're getting an unreal amount of money and then the the last one or two years they're making almost like a, a league minimum or a lot less than their their AAV the average annual value of what was the first majority of their contract which obviously i mean again players the players deserve what the players deserve to get the money that they're owed based off of performance i mean it's like i said it's such a multifaceted issue because contracts are relevant because if you have a bad season and it's a contract year you might not get as much money or as long a term as if it's a contract year and you light it up on the score sheet because and again like there's, like, you don't want to overpay guys. We don't want to underpay guys because people are going it's, to it's, – it's a very fine line that both the players and the owners have to walk because, again, 
it's it's a business at the end of the day as much as we love the sport the business behind the sport is what drives everything and i just think that the players again the players definitely deserve what they're owed based off of their performance but they also can't say like hey i scored 20 goals like i want to go to a different team and get paid like i don't know like 60 million dollars over like five years and then the next three years of your contract you make less than a million a year like mm-hmm. it's all it's all relevant to something or another but like i said i think it just comes down to both sides have to just ag- agree on they just have to agree plain old plain and simple agree on maybe not everything but just agree on the the basis of keeping the league and keeping the players keeping everyone happy I'm gonna. I'm basically talking in circles now, but bottom line is, us as fans and everyone else's fans want to see this get resolved as quickly as possible. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, moving to the next topic though, Matt. Uh, kind of what reason why we're talking about maybe these lists of players is because of that good old salary cap, and NHL GMs probably thought it was going to be two or three million dollars higher than what it was. When it got announced before back before the draft this past June, um, the RFA class this year is ridiculous. Of course, most Flyers fans know that Ivan Provorov and Travis Konechny are still restricted free agents. They have not signed a contract. Um, so every Flyers fan knows about that. But tonight's going to be more so maybe a not Flyers-esque show because there are plenty there are plenty other important free agents, whether that be restricted or unrestricted, out in the world right now. Um, biggest one, and I'm surprised he's not even listed number one on uh, Cat Friendly's list. But of course, everyone knows uh, who he is. Maybe it's done by Alpha or I'm not sure. But uh, Mitch Marner, right he's now, number, is, he's number thirteen he's on the 13, list. Thirteen, number one, some schmuck we never heard of before. Um, but yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like right now, I mentioned Toronto right now is in that battle, um, trying to get him signed. But Zach Wierenski of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Kyle Connor and Patrick Laine, both from the Winnipeg Jets. Matthew DeChuck from the Calgary Flames. Brock Bester, the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Charlie McAvoy, the Bruins. Uh, Mika Rantanen, the Avalanche. Um, and those are really the, the biggest ones. Uh, local kid, uh, Anthony D'Angelo, is an restrictive agent for, by the New York Rangers. Um, Brendan Carlo is another solid defenseman from the Boston Bruins. Braden Point and the Tampa Bay Lightning. So these are some, you know, these are some big, and of course, Travis Konechny and Ivan Provorov, but these are some big, some of these players are already superstars in their market, and it's September 3rd, and guess what? None of them have a contract. Um, And it's really interesting. We've been seeing reports now, right now, that Winnipeg is shopping Patrick Laine. Um, I don't know how accurate those reports are, because I've only seen them on the Twitter world. Um... But it's just crazy to me. Like, I don't think ever before, Matt, going into a season come September 3rd, has the list of RFAs been this large. I mean, there's there's 26 total, and about half of them are NHL stars. And I don't think I've ever seen a list quite like this um, where these players haven't had contracts done. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think the the situation is that it's kind of like a a war of attrition at this point between the teams and the organizations. And then also 
I feel like a lot of these big name guys want to see kind of the first the first domino to fall, as in who's going to kind of cave and sign first, and then they're going to base their contract off of that first signing, which is a, what a lot of the free agents did. Like if you take a look at like uh, like once Hayes signed with the Flyers, Duchesne signed with the Predators got like the same type of deal a little bit more money the stuff like that so i think it's the same situation as a lot of the big name free agents where they wanted to see who would sign first how much they got what term they got and then they would go to their teams and their agents and be like hey like if this guy can get this much money for this long here here's what i want so i mean and it's the same thing like going to like like even like jumping sports like uh, like Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, they were the big, like the big two free agents in the MLB. And then obviously Machado signed first with the Dodgers, I believe. And then like no, not, not with, like, with the um, with the Angels. I think so. It was he, a, stayed, he, was stayed it Angels? The, he stayed in the LA area, but he moved to the crappier team. All right. Well, regardless. But anyway, he signed with whoever he signed, and then like maybe I don't know a week later, whoever like. Harper Watch was over. He signed with the Phillies for basically more money and I think longer. I don't know the specifics, but it's the same kind of thing for another sport. But back to the NHL, it's like, I mean, perfect example of Mitch Marner. I don't know how Toronto has, like, I got to look at, let's see. Toronto has two, hold on. (laughs) They have no cap space right now, according to, to Cap Friendly. Yikes! I don't know how they're gonna sign Marner because Marner wants Marner's probably gonna get at least I'd say eight or nine million a season. Marner had ninety four points last. Marner, Mitch Marner, in eighty two games played, excuse me, had ninety four points, twenty six goals, and sixty eight assists. Thank you, Cap Friendly, for the assists there. Um, he was their leading point scorer. He had more points than Austin Matthews and John Tavares, and you have him saying, well. I'm producing just like them, more so than them. Where's my fair change? And Jonathan Daves, or excuse me, Jonathan Tavares uh, did not take, you know, a home team discount. Neither did Austin Matthews. Um, so it's very, very interesting. I mean, of course, you know, um, Mitch Warner does have Don Ferris as his GM, who's probably one of the worst agents right now in pro sports. And it seems every NHL client he has goes through this kind of like holdout with his team. Um, and here for Toronto Maple Leafs fan, you have to be going, oh no, not again, because they went through this last summer with William Nylander. And of course, also think on the Maple Leafs side, Kyle Dubas, their GM, kind of bit his ass when he said after they signed John Tavares, that someone asked them, how will you keep, you know, with John Tavares, how will you keep William Nylander, Austin Matthews, and Mitch Marner, and he says, we will find a way. We will get it done. And now with no cap space left, I don't know what you're doing, buddy. You either have to make some miracle trade move or, you know, you're losing Mitch Marner because there are other teams in the NHL who have cap space right now who might not be as good as the Toronto Maple Leafs, but, you know, there are other teams who have cap space and he could go maybe play with them. If there's some team who really wants to dick over the Leafs, then go, well, hey, we're going to offer you $12 million for six years. Toronto certainly can't do that right now. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, with training camp, basically, I would say, like, two weeks away at this point. For about a lot rookie of camp, rookie much, camps are about a week, week and a half long. So training yeah. camp. Well, I mean, I think I think the Flyers' first preseason game is a, is the twenty first. So three weeks from almost three weeks from today, right? Let's see. I gotta check my calendar here. Uh, so actually, weeks from Saturday. Saturday's the seventh, I believe. Hold on. Maybe not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, scratch that. September 19th is their first preseason game. So, I think, yeah, I mean, training camp, I would imagine, would start sometime next week after all the rookies are done and then, mm-hmm. I guess, have... But, again, I think it's one of those things where, I mean, pressure's on at this point for teams and players because these guys obviously want to get things rolling with the season. They don't want to kind of affect the relationship with like their teammates for like being that guy that holds out for more money and the fan base. Yeah. So it's like, I think it's one of those things where once we're going to see the first domino fall in the next few days, I think. And then all these guys are going to kind of follow suit and be like, all right, like the, the wheels are turning, people are signing, like all that stuff. The, but, the one the one player who's really surprises me, Matt, that hasn't signed yet, if you don't have any thoughts of Mitch Marner, if not, we can get back to him real quick, is is um <clears throat> Miko Ratnan of the Avalanche. Yeah. Avalanche have a crap ton of cap space and can sign Ratnan to literally whatever contract he wants to sign because they have Nathan McKinnon on probably the best contract right now in the, in in, the, in hockey. Yeah, they have wow. fifteen million, fifteen point six. Like, why hasn't? What's up with Mika Rantanen? I mean, again, I think, like I said before, I think they're these guys are just yeah, they're waiting for the first ball to drop, and then it's gonna be like, this guy got this, this, then this is what I should get, like all that. It's, uh, I mean, it's a waiting game at this point, like yeah. And Mika Rantanen last year, you know, he had thirty-one goals, fifty-six assists for eight of them points. So those numbers you're thinking maybe, you know, eight, nine, ten million. Yeah, Which I mean Colorado has the space to do. Yeah. They're not I like mean, the Maple Leafs where they're up against the cap, like they're on they're like, you know, tight tight, you know what I mean? I still think I mean, so with the Flyers in a microscope with Provorov and Konechny, I think Provorov's gonna get a good deal. Um I think Konechny should get the same type of deal as Sandheim got. One of those, like, two, three-year, like, like, a bridge deal. Konechny's getting bridged, and I think Provorov's going to get a long-term deal. But yeah. here's what scares me. I think Konechny's going to get done soon. Future 30-goal scorer, you heard it here, folks, folks. Uh, Travis Konechny will get done before camp or during before the season. Um, but I think Ivan Provorov holds out for a little bit. I really do. Because, like, we, we've already talked about this a couple times on the basketball episodes. But, you know... It was rumored that, remember, he was supposed to be done and have a new contract before the World Championships were over back in May. And here we are on September 3rd, still not signed. But I definitely think him and Charlie McAvoy are kind of looking at each other and saying, who wants to do it first? Because once you do it, then I'm going to do it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's one of those things where it's just a waiting game. And once the first guy signs, everyone else, I think, is going to be following suit. But, I mean, for the for the league... Not having guys like Marner, Rantanen, 
line A playing is just going to hurt the league and hurt and the teams, Chuck. hurt the fan bases. So, I mean, yeah, Kachuk, like, the, these, these are, are these are franchise players. And these are and, star players. Yeah, I'm just checking Twitter here quick to see if there's any news, but there is nothing. So, yeah. <laughs> it's tough. I mean, I think we can we can talk about it a lot. We can analyze this from different angles, but at the end of the day, it's just a waiting game at this point. And I think maybe later this week into next week, and then once training camps start, these guys are going to maybe – not that they already aren't, like, woke – like, uh, like woke up about i don't know woke or whatever yeah like i mean they understand they understand that they like it just i don't know they i think like it my prediction is that this like later this week and the next week once training camps start all that stuff you're gonna see the dominoes are gonna start to fall these guys are gonna sign they're gonna get like because i mean preseason starts in two weeks like you don't yeah. want to. I mean, granted, you don't. These guys aren't going to play much in the preseason, but like, you obviously, you want to be fresh for the regular season, mm-hmm. so that you can come in and like not be flat and not suck. Exactly. So, I think these guys are. Yeah, I think it's only a matter of time at this point. But like we've said multiple times already, it's you got to wait for that first domino to fall, and then the rest of the guys are going to be like, all right, like here's like the ballpark, and then they're just going to kind of get what they can get so that's really all i have to say yeah yeah for sure and it's it's like i said it's interesting um i don't think also another thing to add on is i don't think the nhl has had a restricted free agency class like this before where the majority of their younger star players are all due for new contracts at once um normally it's been a thing where it kind of happens with with unrestricted free agency uh but never with restricted so that's interesting um, but moving on, you know, I definitely agree with you, Matt. I think once one of the or two of these guys signing it done, you know, things are definitely going to get the ball rolling. And also, of course, we're starting to see now your Bob McKenzie's, your Darren Dragers, your Pierre Lebrun's, um, all the big time reporters are starting to come back from their hibernation this summer um, and starting to be active. So, of course, pay attention not only to us, but yeah. you can also, if you want to, to our listeners, pay attention to the people who we listen to. And maybe you, if you wanted to, could even tip us off, and maybe you'll get credit on a podcast. You never know. Um, but yeah, so I definitely agree with Matt. I definitely think things are going to get the ball rolling or the puck rolling um, sooner than later. Hopefully, <laughs> I think we will see some holdouts, like I mentioned. Uh, but I think the majority of the guys, the majority of these guys, will hopefully get signed. Um, moving on over to the unrestricted free agents, Matt. This list isn't as bright and shiny. Uh, maybe 10 years ago it might have been, or even five years ago. Uh, but there's still some good players on here that are unsigned. Um, you know, leading off, you know, with Patrick Marlowe, who can still play, Jason Pominville, Joe Thornton, who, let's be real, Joe Thornton's playing in San Jose or he's retiring. Um, Jake Gardner, who was, who's now arguably the top-rated unrestricted free agent defenseman, he hasn't signed. Um, I have a theory about him real quick. We can get into that a little bit after I come up go up there with some, with some other names. Um, Scott Darling, who was a good backup 1B goalie in Chicago, then went to Carolina and kind of shit the bed, pardon my French. Uh, but he could be a good option for someone out there. Um, Thomas Vanek, he had 16 goals last year. For a 35-year-old winger, put him in your, bot, in, your, in, your, in your bottom six forward groups, that's 16 goals. And power play unit two, you know, that counts somewhere. 
Um, get some good over pliable defense in there. Um, and some younger players, but yeah, other than that, um, the really the ones that really scream out to you definitely are, um, you know, are the big couple, you know, Dion Phaneuf, Patrick Marlowe, Palmville, Thornton, Mark Mathot, uh, Darling Gardner, and Vanek. Uh, there's some other names, Matt. I don't know if you want to mention some other names on that list, but not. But touching on Jake Gardner, um, I think he's waiting for Marner to either sign in Toronto or go somewhere else. Because I'm thinking that Toronto wants to keep him around, and I, and I think he doesn't want to leave Toronto. So he's waiting to see what happens on that front. Because uh, he's still a big cog in Toronto's defense. As much as a lot of Toronto fans may hate him, he is a solid puck moving defenseman um, on their squad who is a, a key role. Um, so yeah, so Matt, you can chime in here with your thoughts on this remaining UFA class. Uh, I mean, I feel like the top, aside from... No offense to the other players, but I feel like the the top ten guys here really like the, uh, I guess the best of the best. Obviously, that's probably why they're listed as the top ten. I don't know what this cap friendly is based off of, but uh, yeah, I mean these guys are kind of some of these guys are on the back end of their career, obviously, or even on the tail end for guys like Joe Thornton or maybe even like Patrick Marlowe. I mean, guys Thornton like still fifty one points last year. Yeah. I mean, again, I think I can't see Thornton going anywhere besides San Jose. No, but unless he goes um, back to Boston, but they don't have the cap space. Patrick Marlowe could go back to San Jose, but I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't know where he would really fit in at this point. Uh, it's it's tough to get on where these guys could sign based off of like. I mean, the guy that is I feel like is the most certain for signing with someone is probably Thornton with the Sharks. He's been there all his whole career. Oh, actually, aside from the uh, the Bruins, I'm sorry, but um, yeah, I mean, Gardner is also is also kind of a standout because he's like one of the Leafs like top defensemen, and then they're kind of leaving him out to dry here because one, they have like no cap space, and two, they still have to sign Marner. So Gardner's kind of taking a backseat to all this where. I guess he's either going to hold out or he's like, like you said, he's going to wait to see how much Marner gets. And then he might not even be able to sign him. I don't know. Like, what yeah, they're gonna, the- I don't know what they're going to do. Like the, the biggest question UFA and RFA is obviously Marner and then the Leafs in general, because yeah, Marner and Gardner, Gardner has been like pretty solid for them. And then, obviously, Marner, you want to get him signed because he's a cornerstone of the franchise, a superstar in the league. Like, But it's like, again, they Cap Friendly has them at zero cap space. They got to free up money somewhere to get these guys signed. I don't know. Like, I guess, I don't know. Obviously, Dubas, I feel like when he was asked about that initially, like, maybe he had a plan. But, like, I feel like they definitely shot themselves in the foot with giving Nylander that much money for, what, they give him a five-year deal? I can pull it up. Good old Willie Nylander. He has um, yeah six-year contract yes, for $45 yeah. million. Dollars. He's got five years left on it with his um, AAV of six million a little just a hair under seven million a season now personally um based on 
the player that William Nylander is, I definitely think he's going to, that's a good value to have him at. And that's a good contract. What kind of bit them was Matthews really not taking a discount and um, that big, nice John Tavares contract. I mean, they also, they also signed, they have Andreas Janssen at 3.4 million for the next four years, I believe. This guy had, I mean, he had a good season last season, but they have him for over three million for, yeah, four years. He had forty three points last year, which is good, obviously for a first year also, guy. That was but a, it's like him, Andres, like Johnson, and Kasperi Kapanen. Both they were both they were two other RFAs Toronto had, and they locked them up early, and they're good, you know, top six, middle six forwards. Um, so that's really interesting. We kind of turned the show into a Toronto Maple Leaf show, but they have a lot of drama going on up in uh, I mean, Toronto. If right you, we're talking free agents, and obviously Marner. I feel like like Marner and Line, Kachuk. Like there's basically like the big the big three at this point. Miko Rantanen, big four. Like Kyle Connor. There's obviously a lot of a lot of important guys out there that still need to sign. But it's like for, I mean, again, the Leafs. We can yeah, you know, just focusing on the Leafs themselves, like. As of right now, they're screwed. Like I don't know how how they're gonna free up money. Like they have uh, they have Morgan Riley on the book for another three years at five million a year. Like uh, they're paying Cody Cece. For, like they have four point five for mil for him. Jake Muzzin's at four million. Like that's what five four four. That's like what is that eight and five thirteen million just for defensemen this season. Yeah, thirteen and a half. Yeah. And then for three defensemen, <laughs> like Matthews is making eleven point six. Tavares is making eleven this season. Nylander is making six point nine. Like Kurt, Alex Kerfoot's making three and a half million. Like, I mean, I don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah, I'm, and I mean, and I'm glad that I'm not Kyle Dubis because I feel like <laughs> I'd. It's like that. Uh, the the Jordan the Jordan Peele sweating gif. <laughs> where, like, that's probably just him right now. Like, every day they get closer to the season, and it's like, I mean, we've already heard that Marner might go over to, uh, what, the Swiss League? No, no don't don't believe that. Don't, do not believe that at all. I'm, that, just, that, I'm just throwing it out there. No, I'm just, that, that comes, that is Don Ferris's negotiating book that he leaks to. Don Ferris has his guy in Darren Drager, <laughs> and... It's happened every four. He, it, it, it was the playbook of, oh, let's threaten the player going to play in Europe clause two weeks before rookies report to camp. Ooh, he's going to go play in Sweden. No, he's not. He's you, You're going to go play over in Sweden for $2 million when you could be making 12 plus in the NHL. You're going to play in a lesser league for less money with less signing, which is less money overall. And not a really great fan base. No knacks the fans in Europe, but nothing's like the NHL. You're going to go leave there and potentially ruin your reputation over here where you already have the good rep and you know you're going to make a bank somewhere. Um, I don't believe that at all personally. But the thing is, like you did mention with these contracts with Austin Matthews at 11.6, Tavares at 11, and Willie at 6.9. You know, and Marner outperformed all three of them. I can't really blame the dude for asking for twelve million dollars. Can you? Yeah, I mean, 
like I said, I'm glad I'm not Kyle Dubas right now, and I'm glad I'm not a Maple Leafs fan, but uh, I won't even say that. I mean, I sympathize sympathize with them to some degree because they obviously are trying to get their star players signed for long-term to keep them there for however long. But again, they... I feel like they've really screwed the pooch on this one where <laughs> they basically spent all their money and now they're, like I said, I don't know how they're going to free up money to sign Marner to like a, a huge deal. Like no one, you know, one really here, if you look at their contract on cat on their contract list on cat friendly, no one on this list, you can really trade away and it's going to hurt them. I think they're really banking on Cody CC having a comeback year. Because let's be real here. He was a high-end prospect when originally he got drafted by the Ottawa Senators. And we all know Ottawa is a dumpster fire of a team and organization. Um, so maybe they're banking on him having a bounce-back year. Um, Jake Muzzin's probably not staying there after next year. So they're going to have some money come off the, off the books potentially next year. But none of these real people they have on this team are tradable. Um, just because of the high amounts of money and maybe their reputation, uh, it's you know Toronto can certainly win without Mitch Marner, but you know they're going to win much, much better. Is that is that proper grammar? They'll win, well, I mean, yeah, they'll still be good without Marner, but they'll be better with him. Well, even yeah, I mean, and they they added you know they got rid of they swapped Nazem Kadri for Tyson Berry. So now you add Tyson Berry onto that top power play yeah, unit yeah. with, you know, Tavares or, you know, if they get Marner signed to Marner and Austin Matthews with Morgan Riley on the other point, uh, see you later. That's like guaranteed power play goals. Um, you know what's funny, too, is that they they still are, are retaining one, $1.2 from Phil Kessel for the next three years. Yikes. And now they do get some, they also, to cover um, Matt, too, they do have two contracts in Nathan Horton and David Clarkson, both who make more than $5 million um, right now that they're going to add on to injured reserve, which yeah. that'll clear up about $10 million in cap space. Both those contracts are off the book after next season. Um, so that definitely helps a little bit there. So maybe you're thinking, maybe they're trying to keep Marner in that $10 million window, to so say, hey, sign this, and then we'll have it, and then once we announce your signing, we'll throw Horton. Because there's, a, there's a deadline that players, that the league, the league's teams have to hit. They have to be cap-reliant before the regular season starts. Mm-hmm. So if they can get Marner done and then moved Horton and Clarkson onto LTIR, that takes that money off the books, and there you have room for Marner. But now you're seeing why um, with a rotation Marner at you know under ten million dollars, so that they can get it done because they have that, they have room, but they have they have like this this much room, this that small. Uh, I don't know. I mean, again, I think it just it's all a waiting game at this point, and I think that one. I don't even think the sides are trying to like. I mean, I guess it's yeah. I guess each side is kind of waiting for the other to. To cave to some degree, and like I said, I'm I'm just glad I'm not a Maple Leafs fan right now. I mean, I'm st- I'm stressed enough about Travis Konechny and Ivan Provorov as a Flyers fan. Yeah, 
man. But I, I mean, again, it's 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 still early. Like training camps will start next week, I'd imagine. So I think in the next ten days, there'll be the 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 dominoes will start to fall with the RFAs, the UFAs. Maybe we'll get more Marner news. Who knows? But Marner, watch. It's a little it's a little too early to kind of. I mean, it's maybe it's it's time to start having your hand over the panic button if you're like Kyle Dubas, but I wouldn't press it just yet. So, I mean, if I would be, yeah, if they can't, I don't know. Yeah. And it also raises, <laughs> it raises, I'm out of, I'm out of stuff to talk about at this it, it point. Also, well, also something we can really, we can end on this then Matt um, also brings to the point is why isn't Jake Gardner signed? Um, he was a UFA that uh, he was arguably the top unrestricted free agent defenseman in this market uh, this past season. And everyone thought July 1st, he's going to have a contract. And here he is, September 3rd. He's still a free agent. Like, why hasn't, like, unless he's truly waiting to go back to Toronto and he knows something that we all don't and he's keeping his trap shut. Um, why hasn't he been signed by any other NHL team? Because there definitely are some NHL teams out there that could use a good puck moving defenseman like Jake Gardner. Um, and it's something that definitely raises my mind. Like, is there an injury we don't know about? Um, is he an asshole behind the scenes? Uh, is he just, you know, like, why isn't he signed yet? And it's just something that, like, normally when players of that caliber who... I wouldn't say he's a superstar, but he's not a he's not a Joe Schmo. Like I'd say he's an he's an elite puck moving defenseman. Mm-hmm. Like why is it unless he's asking for ridiculous amounts of money? But you know, based on Jake Gardner's stats last year, you know, thirty points in sixty two games, three goals, twenty seven assists, did struggle with some injuries. You know, I'd pay him five six million a season, maybe seven, for like four or five years. Yeah, and he's only. He's 28, so he's in his prime right now. So if you do him for four years, that gets you covered till he's 32. So, like, you know, what's, what's there's something there that we don't know with Jake Gardner. And that's tonight's main podcast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that definitely wraps it up for this week, Matt. I uh, think we'll agree. Uh, we'll be back. So just some kind of housekeeping notes for everyone. Um, once October hits, we'll be back to doing a podcast every week. Not a big deal. Um, so we will close out September, still doing every other week. So look for us to be back uh, the week of the 17th. And then that leads perfectly into October 1st. Voila, being the first of our uh, October series podcast. And of course, um, on the 17th, I believe, Matt, we're going to do a Flyers season preview because uh, as we get closer to the Flyers season rolling around, we'll be able to kind of fiddle and twiddle with what, what we each think the Flyers' ideal lineup would look like. And, of course, who knows by then we could have Travis Kennedy and, I, and Ivan Provorov sign, but um, we don't know yet. But that'll come in maybe two weeks. We'll see. But, um, Matt, anything else to add to on to tonight? Uh. I'm just excited to keep waiting to see what happens with whoever still needs a sign. Yes, the waiting game. The waiting game indeed. But, uh, Matt, of course, thanks again always. Um, value your intrigued hockey opinion, as always. I, I, I lost my train of thought there with the wording, how I wanted to word that. But I guess what I said works. I'm just but, here uh, so I don't get fined. 
the five minute major radio attacks. Um, but yeah, that'll be it for this week's episode, guys. Thank you to everyone who, of course, subscribes and listens and follows and all that fun stuff. But we will be back on the 17th of September, pending any injuries. I'm sure we'll both be healthy. But September 17th, we will be back with a new pod. Until then, everyone have a good and enjoyable start to September.